Hey everyone, it's David Warrench. Welcome again to the Authentic Dad Podcast. Thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Today I have Melissa Wright. Melissa is a coach. She coaches young adults and particularly women on how to create and maintain healthy relationships, friendships, romantic relationships. It's a really important topic. It was a fun conversation and she definitely has the cool mom vibe. You know, the mom that you go to for the advice. She admits that that's who she is. Um, but she also has a lot of wisdom and a lot of skills. And I appreciate the conversation. If you want to reach out, it's furthur.coach, further.coach. It's my website. There's a contact form there. I give a free 30 minute uh, phone consult if you want support in your life regarding your relationships, presence, connection, aliveness, leadership. Or whatever else you need help with, we can talk about all of these things. I'd love to hear from you. If you are interested, I would appreciate your five-star reviews. And I think, thank you very much, and I hope you're staying well. We'll see you on the other side. I am here with Melissa Wright. She is an ICF certified life coach who credits her instincts and life experience for the successful relationships in her life from her 28-year and counting marriage very long time to the 22 years she spent as a stay-at-home parent where she used everything she learned in college and more to the countless friendships she has nurtured along the way melissa knows what it takes to create and maintain healthy relationships using her signature style of honest and direct communication coupled with the health healthy dose of humor melissa coaches young women who are seeking to attract healthier relationships whether those are with friends family or romantic partners She helps young women by busting the myths around relationships and working on the most important one of all, the one with themselves. That is a very nice bio. Thank you very much for being a guest, Melissa. Well, thank you for having me, David. It is my pleasure. You're ICF certified for those not in the coaching world. What does that stand for? That is International Coaching Federation. And they are kind of the, the, I'd say, gold standard for for coaching certification yeah excellent job on that yeah you have to have a certain number of hours and training and things like that Mm -hmm. very nice so you tell me your story let's go back you were stay-at-home mom you say you've been married for 28 years and counting that's a very Mm -hmm. long time congratulations (laughs) um tell tell me so i mean now you're a coach let's let's tell me how you got there well, let's see. Um, you know, I like I like you said, I was a stay-at-home parent, which was my dream job. As from time I can remember, like you got to pick a job. I was like, hey, I'd like to be a stay-at-home mom, and I got to do that. So I was, I'm one of the, I shouldn't say few people, but I'm one of those people that really got to do their dream job for a long time. Um, and How my many kids. kids- just two, and they are young adults now. I have an almost 25-year-old and a 22-year-old. And even though uh, they're mostly out of the house, I, uh, you know, mostly. I still, <laughs> it's mostly, yeah. Well, one's still in college. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I do still, I, they obviously still require guidance and parenting. And, you know, so, so even though they're, I don't have to stay at home with them anymore, I do still. Right. Um, I am still involved with them. But anyway, um, once they once they were out of the house, I was looking for, okay, what's the next thing going to be? And I 
you know, I kind of looked around at a lot of different types of careers and I stumbled upon this life coaching and I real and it, I never knew that you could, that that was a career that you could have, you know, that that was an actual job, you know, talking with people and helping them through different issues of their life. You know, I mean, obviously you can be a counselor or a therapist or a psychologist, but I felt like, okay, I can't go back and do that. That's it's too yeah. late for that. You know, you hate to say it's too late, but I kind of felt like that was too late. Mm-hmm. So that's how I got involved in the coaching. Well, I love that you said that being a stay-at-home parent was your dream job because mm-hmm. it is a job and it sounds it like is. you you loved every minute of it. Well, not every minute, David. No, well, a lot of a it. Lot, okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm a little disappointed that you said that the job isn't done and they're 25 <laughs> and 22 because mine are nine and 12. And I was thinking by then I'd be done. You're saying no. Yeah, I don't think that my mother goes, you know, the older (laughs) they get, the bigger they get, the bigger, bigger the problems are, you know, and I think that's probably true, you know, which I'm already finding. And that's a really nice transition because you're working um, specifically now with um, young women and what age range would you say if um, if you had one? I would say probably college age to mid to Mm -hmm. late twenties, probably. Um, I just love that age group for some reason. I just really have an affinity Mm -hmm. for that young adult age group. Um, I think a lot of times they get a bad rap, you know, uh, about, oh, kids today, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And I just just think they're so full of promise. And I think there's a lot of wisdom there that they don't get credit for. And um, I just, I I just, like I said, I just really have an affinity for them. And I feel like I relate well to them. It, it does seem like a massively important time where they are forming relationships and some of these relationships could end up as their marriage partner. Oh, and, yeah. You know, to, ha- to have those skills and guidance at that age seems very important because that could go in, you know, perhaps the wrong direction. Um, for sure. I was going to say for better or yeah. for worse. Yeah. Yeah. So what, tell me, yeah, tell me more about that. Like, what are you, well, first of all, why are relationships important? Why is it important to you to do this work? Like, I understand it's probably inspired by being, being a a mother and, and a wife. And what, what sort of wisdom did you glean that say, wow, this is a need out there that I I think I can, I can provide to people. I, you know, I've always been really fascinated by relationships, both my own and other people's. Um, and I have always, you know, when I look back, and this is part of the decision to become a coach too. Like when I looked back on my life, I realized that I had always been a sounding board for a lot of mm-hmm. my friends and, uh, you know, about relationships. And so I just think that I have, I don't know, for lack of a better term, like a knack or whatever. Yeah. And it's just something that's important to me. And even, even when I look back on my own life from like young, fairly young, I can remember making what were probably mature decisions about relationships mm-hmm. even way back then. So I just feel like I have a knack for it. And 
I think that it's, when I think of the, the myths that society and culture and social media tell our young people, and it's not just young people, obviously, I mean, I, I choose to focus on young people, but it's really true for, for everybody. Just the myths that we're told about relationships and how, how they start and how they are kept. It's, we do such a disservice to, to young people. I have a lot of concerns about the um, kids not forming the skills mm -hmm. because when they're looking at a screen or playing video games or not doing the kinds of things that even I was doing growing up that because mm -hmm. I think it is a skill connection, intimacy, even yes. social skills mm -hmm. that maybe maybe they're not getting that because they're on apps so much. Um, so that's my concern. What are the what are the myths that you think are perpetrated that you were talking about okay well the number one the the probably the one that i that makes me crazy every time i hear it is like you know finding my person or the one uh, you know mm -hmm. the pressure that that puts on kids right. anybody people is so incredible and i'm and you know there's not just one person out there for you um and i can remember as a as a young adult believing that you know, that I believe, I literally believe that like, if I lived in Florida and my person lived in Alaska, somehow we mm -hmm. were going to meet up. Like I maybe would be in an airport or we would both be on vacation. You know, I really believed that until I got to college and got in a relationship with somebody for, a, it was a long-term relationship. And I remember saying something like that to him and he was like, you know, are you crazy? Like, do you think that if we were at different <laughs> colleges that we wouldn't both be in other relationships that were, right. that we were really happy with? And I was like, you know, <laughs> hey, you're right. And He's like, you know, this is random, right? <laughs> exactly, <laughs> pretty much, you know. Yeah. Um, but it just made me realize, okay, you know, you can really, you can have a great relationship with lots of different people. You're not, you don't have to find the one person for you. And, and that's true of romantic relationships and friend relationships. I mean, you can make a lot of things work if you are willing to do the work. So, so romantic comedies in Hollywood don't- Oh my gosh, Don't exactly. do as much service as what you're saying. Right, exactly, exactly. Another no, one. So you, your, oh, your college boyfriend was the bucket of cold water. I was gonna <laughs> he say. was, he was, yes. Um, another one too is like, that whole uh, like happily ever after, you know, like, like, okay, mm -hmm. I've got the great relationship and now I'm done. Y you know, uh, I, I yes. mean, you know, great relationships take a lot of work, you know, um, and, you know, that's what makes them great. You know, it's not just because you got lucky and picked someone that was wonderful. Okay, hopefully you did, but, um, you know, it's it you have to constantly work on making it better yeah it's like after the wedding that's when the real work begins yes i i always thought that relationships being a lot of work was this cliche that people said and i was like yeah whatever and then we had kids and i was like oh it yeah. is we have to actually work yes because the kids are making it harder for us to connect and spend time together and go on date nights and actually it's a tremendous amount of work and I, 
didn't really believe it until I experienced, um, mm-hmm. yeah, having a family. I mean, I'm sure it's a lot of work when you don't have kids. I don't want to say it's not. Right. Oh, sure. Right. But it seems particularly challenging when when that enters into the picture. But um, but but the point is, it's not a passive thing. It is not a you passive just, thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, you should be willing and open to working on it right from the beginning. You know, it shouldn't be like, okay, now we've been together, whether you're married or not for, you know, five years. So it's time to start really working on it. You know, I mean, you need to have those skills all along. Yeah, and it strikes me with with friendships to mm-hmm. um, family, every relationship, family relationships, yeah. relationships with your parents or siblings. Yes, yes. Your friends and, and we don't have classes in school, I don't think. Oh God, that I wish teach we did. these things. Yeah. So I'm glad you're doing it. So tell me, you know, what kinds of, how, how do you, let's get a little more specific. How do you work with that? Sure. So okay. this is really good insight and advice. You and know, well, we, how does it look we, like in the coaching relationship? Sure. Um, if someone comes to me, I, the first thing I do try to do is do some of that unlearning about you know, the things that we mm-hmm. just spoke about and a couple of other things. Um, yeah. uh, but I try to get them to see that the, because I really believe this and this is, you know, you, it's been said so many times in so many different ways, but you know, the most rep- important relationship is the one that you have with, them, with yourself, right? Um, That's beautiful. You know, and it's, well, I didn't make that up, but, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it, you know, the same thing as like, you know, love yourself first, all of that. I mean, it's all kind of saying the same thing, you know, but you need to, you need to understand yourself before you really can have successful relationships in any of those other areas, friendships, romantic, uh, family also, I'd say. Um, but, but so we, well, I talk with my clients about that and then we try, I try to get them to do some, uh, some investigative work on themselves. And I know that you'll mm-hmm. recognize some of this since you're also a coach, but you know, we, we always start out with a values exercise, you know, because yeah. I think people, you know, I think randomly people would, th- they think they know what their values are um, and they may be able to get fairly close to them. But when you sit down and literally ask them to look at a list of 150 values and yeah and rank them, um, not rank all of them, obviously, but pick out, you know, your top 10 or 20 and then start ranking those and you come up with, you know, what, what really are your five most important values. That can be really eye-opening. I think it's profound when people like get clarity on that. And then yes, it's yeah. really like a map. It, then it guides, mm-hmm. you know. And then, you know, if you else. talk, and then if you talk about, um, you know, the different, if you talk about the different aspects, all the different aspects of your life and where those, those values come into play and how they come into play and how you're honoring those, you know, it really, it really like, it, it, it can be very, very profound. And once you get a handle on that, I mean, it helps you stand confidently in what's important to you. And then you can, you know, and then, you know, what to look for and also what to spend time on and who, and who to spend time on and who more importantly, who not to spend time. Exactly. On. Yeah. I can imagine a scenario where someone uncovers, you know, family's really important to me and I want to have kids and they're dating someone who says, I never want to have kids right. I and I don't believe in marriage and which is right. totally fine for that person. <laughs> right. but it's like, maybe it's not 
that's that's a misalignment right, right. exactly exactly and you know which brings up another I, another myth i think that that we're told especially through movies and books and stuff is that love conquers all you know what love doesn't always conquer all because like in the example that you just gave i mean you could you could love that person but those that could be an impasse that you really can't overcome absolutely and there's a, a, probably a million things we can think of you know that will you love them but you know right. maybe maybe they're right. but i get help from an addiction night is something that just comes to for mind. sure yeah, yeah. But but I would also say, you know, even if it's not something quite so stark as that, um, you know, it's more important that you have someone with that has a growth mindset, you know, that but the right. both of you share that, you know, that you're willing to work on things that that maybe you don't match up on. Mm -hmm. The willingness. Um, I had someone a, a couple weeks ago talk about how to have scary conversations and I think one of the things she was talking about is that willingness, just the willingness. Are you willing to work on this? Are you willing to hear me right. on this is really important. Mm -hmm. It sounded like, as you said, there's some, you know, going through these beliefs that are uncovering them, some of them helpful, unhelpful about relationships, mm -hmm. values, maybe going through the wheel of life, what's important yes. in an mm -hmm. in, in area. And this really creates a really nice foundation. You get clarity they get clarity um tell me more is there let's say let's say someone who has trouble with connection or intimacy because of maybe the way they were raised is there some work that you can do with them on that let's say you know i'm afraid yeah. of intimacy it scares me i don't like being vulnerable sure mm -hmm. um you know another tool that i like to use um and i don't know if you're familiar mm -hmm. with it we don't have to get too far in the weeds sure. about this, but is the Enneagram. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I really, uh, I really like to, uh -huh. to at least touch a little bit on that. Um, and for listeners that don't know who, what that is, it's, yeah. you know, I always struggle to find a concise way of describing that, but I, I think I've landed on it's, it's a personality tool that you can use for personal growth. Mm -hmm. Would you agree with that? that I, I, you know, I would. And I like that you're using tools. They're like these assessments. They're more of sort of yes. a, sci a science based rather than you're not like, you know, mom knows best. Let me give you some advice, kid. You're like, no, let's you're actually <laughs> right. coaching them. Let's right. see where you're at. Right. And and I think I think for people that are open to learning more about that, you can um going back to your intimacy question, I mean, I think any of these issues, the more that you learn about yourself, you know, and you're willing to be vulnerable learning about yourself can only help, can only, right. can only help you. Now, you know, I, as, as a trained coach, certified coach, um, you know, there's some issues that can't be dealt with through coaching sure, right you sure, know, sure, it depends sure. on it depends on the seriousness or how how much the person has already processed a lot of that you know yeah uh, but, like trauma or mm -hmm. abuse i mean i think yeah, we're talking yeah talking in the areas of sort of developing and optimizing skills in relationships so if anyone's listening and have trauma or anything like that that's in the realm of therapy 
Absolutely. Totally different. Yeah. Absolutely. But I think, and just touching back to the Enneagram quick, just mm-hmm. briefly, um, you know, that's all about learning about your motivations for things. Mm-hmm. So you can maybe then uncover why intimacy is an issue for you and maybe figure out, okay, how do I then, like, I understand this about myself. So now how do I, how, yes. you know, how do I try to work around that? Exactly. Yeah. You know, hypothetically, maybe a person grew up in a family uh, where they were avoidant. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, instead of, and I'm absolutely not talking about myself, instead, <laughs> uh, maybe the family uh, was like, what'd you have for lunch? Rather than talking about some other stuff. And, you know, that's, that's common. And yeah. I think awareness is, is helpful. And, and um, I have the Enneagram book. I, ha- I haven't looked at it in years. I, I have to I have to do it. The, it's called the Essential Enneagram. I have the oh, book. I yeah, was into oh. it years ago. I know it's really accurate. I'm gonna, do you I'm know do what it. type you are? I forget. Oh, what are the types? Okay, can you give, give me a little? Oh my gosh, David, we do not have time for that. Is there 13 of them? Nine. There's nine. nine. Yeah. Okay. But <laughs> this is a different, that's a different podcast. Okay. Yeah, no, it gets, wait, wait, what, give me just one. What is one version of? Well, like I happen to be a type one that's a perfectionist or they're called okay. different things, you know, uh-huh. but, um, you know, right and wrong, black and white, that kind of thing. Very little. Um, and that's you. That's me, uh-huh. which explains a lot of things. But that's what I, again, yeah, so. that's again, a different, a different podcast. <laughs> um, I don't want to put you on the spot, but I will. What, you were, so you were like, um, you were like the cool mom, right? The kids, your friend, your, your kids, friends like came to you and yes, that kind of thing. I, I would, I, I will, I would say that. Would you be willing to talk about some of the things in your own, you know, like with your own child rearing, like what, what came up? You can talk generally. I don't want to sure. out yeah, yeah. your kids or anything. No, no, no. <laughs> but what are, what are parents like, you know, what are we up against if we have kids um, that are in well, relationships. I would, well, I would say, and this is, this is um, maybe going a little bit younger than the, than, mm-hmm. than what I would use, but, but the people that I speak to now, but I hear, I used to hear a lot from other parents about, uh-huh. oh, they're young. Like, let's say, uh, let's say teens were in a relationship. Oh, you know, they're say they're in love, but what do they know? They're teens or they're, you know, or it's not really love. They're just, you know, they'll, they're just kids or they, there's a bad breakup and, oh, they're going to be fine. You know, it yeah. happened to me and I got over it. I just think that it's not healthy to discount your yeah. young people's feelings about relationships. I mean, yeah. I think that young people are very yeah. capable of very strong and deep emotions and shouldn't just be written off because they are young, quote unquote. That is such an important point because it really, the way you're describing it sounds so dismissive. Yes. and Like, like as if because they're younger, their feelings aren't as intense or something like that. Right, right. Or that they, exa- that is exactly right. So I, that's, I think a lot of times, especially when I think back to when my kids were younger and in high school and their friends had issues like that. I think they felt like I would give them the credit for having the, that range of emotion and have mm-hmm. being able to have mature emotions where maybe their parents were like, you know, I don't want to hear it. You're going to be fine. 
you know, come yeah. on. Uh, you know, and I see some, my, my son is a middle schooler, uh, six and the younger one who's my daughter, I think if he's ever talking to a girl or there's, we sense some interest, there's a little teasing too, mm-hmm. which I, which I can imagine. I try not to do, but I can imagine parents would tweet, oh, like tease the kids too, yeah. which is also embarrassing. Hilarious, yes. But <laughs> I was gonna say I grew up with my father doing that all the time. Yeah, yeah. So I'm not, I'm, but if you have a sensitive child, I can you can see that sure. it really could hurt their sure. feelings. Yes, yes. Your father teased you for having interest. Oh my gosh, like I'm one of four, you know, and whenever, uh, and I can't remember if it was me or one of the others, like whenever the boyfriend or girlfriend would be over, my father would sing, hello, young lovers, you know, oh, man. you know, that kind of thing. He's my hero. That's hilarious. <laughs> so yes. Um, but I, I think it's more, I think it's, it's, it's worse to just discount like mm-hmm. the whole, the whole shebang because they're young, you know? I just—they're yeah. capable more than that. I—I I, am. Um, <laughs> I dated someone where I—I I felt you ever seen the movie Meet the Parents? Oh yeah. I felt like I was—I was, I was uh, Ben Stiller <laughs> in that movie. Um, that's another podcast too. <laughs> what? <laughs> and I have bad memories, but I mean I have a bad memory for details. So I saw the movie, but that's about it. Oh my god, <laughs> it's so good. Um, okay. So what about, I mean, you've been married for a really long time and you're coaching people on relationships. Mm-hmm. Can you, what, what, what kind of advice insight could you tell us about that? How do you stay married for so long? Uh, well, and not, I, and still like each other. I, if you do, I don't know if you, Oh do. yes. No, we do still like each other. Some days. Oh, more good. Than oh, good. 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 Some days more than okay. other. Um, but I, can I just segue back to one thing? Of course. Um, you know, when I was talking about the myths that that we sometimes tell. Okay, mm-hmm. I, I I realized somewhere along the line that even the story of my husband and I, when we mm-hmm. first met, was like it's like a, a movie. I mean, we met on a blind date on the oh, very wow. first day I moved down to Texas from New York because we had a mutual friend. So and that I, was it. And that was it. And wow. and I and the story I've always told was that that I. As soon as I met him, like the day I met him, I knew that we were going to get married. And huh. now, looking back on it, I'm like, well, did I really know that? Or did I just really like him? You know, we had great chemistry and, uh, you know, we, there was a mutual attraction there. And it wasn't until seriously, like, I don't know, five or eight years ago, where I realized that my kids were thinking like, you know, is that, is that how I'm going? Is it, you know, yeah. mom said she knew right away. If I don't know right away, like, does that mean that's not the right person? And right. I was like, your okay, your story, up. your story is just so, you know, it's like a straight line almost you blind date and yeah, it's really yes. nice. And, and, you know, you would think, you know, they're either thinking maybe I'm going to end up that well, so you, you strike me as a romantic. Perhaps. Um, no? To some degree. Yeah. Somewhere. To some degree. And but so, but yeah. my point is, is that it's like, you know, that's the story that my kids have grown up under. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that that's very common. Right. You know, I, I don't, don't think so anymore, but I had like a client, they were high school sweethearts and 
have five kids and we're together since they were 16. I think it still happens, but usually not, right? Usually uh, we met on the internet and had coffee. Right. (laughs) We dated for seven years. We just got married. I don't know. Right, right. But that that just goes back to, you know, the things that that are that we're telling our young people Mm -hmm. about how this works and okay when you you know you're gonna when you you're gonna know when you meet the person you know what you might not meet you might not know you might need to give it a little bit of time and be willing to put some you know some more effort into just uh, what happened to me you know that kind of yeah, thing and i guess so. there's something kind of fun and exciting and romantic about hearing like origin stories like that for sure oh sure yeah. it's a great i think that's definitely it's very hollywood a little yeah bit. it totally is I should I should get an agent, um, but anyway, back to back to your question about you know what makes it last. Twenty eight years. Twenty eight. We have been married twenty eight years, and we've known each other for about thirty two. I would say, mm-hmm. my math is right, which I'm not going to try to do it right now. Um, but uh, you know, we've always liked each other, like you said before, mm-hmm. um, and as young as a younger couple, when our kids were young like in school um every every night after dinner first of all we almost always had dinner together because that was something that we we both grew up with and we thought it was very important but after dinner uh, my husband's name is doug um Mm -hmm. doug and i would the kids would would go off and do whatever you know clean their Mm -hmm. plate and then go whatever and we would spend like 10 or 15 minutes just you know, just connecting, you know, just talking about whatever the day was and that kind of thing. And um, I think if I had to point to one thing, I would say it was that it was the daily, the almost daily connection, Mm -hmm. you know, just, just the debriefing on the day. And that's nice. These are simple things and these are daily practices and they're only taking Mm -hmm. 10 or 15 minutes. And the reason I'm asking this is because um, (laughs) I love that your life experience is informing you know what you're doing now Mm -hmm. and i think a really good coach has to have both right the skills Mm -hmm. the training but the life experience i don't know how great of one i would be if i 20 20 years ago because when when you've Mm -hmm. been through some stuff i think there's a certain insight that that you have i mean you can read every marriage book relationship book but if you, but I think you have to live it too. So, and I, I think, I think you have, have a powerful combination of, of, of this experience and the training. I like that. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. I also think you need to be willing to listen and to be curious and to be committed. Like, like I've said before to, you know, growing with your partner, you know, mm-hmm. um, you, all of those things have to be taking place. It was dug down to grow. Doug was down to grow. Yes. <laughs> Doug was. <laughs> And I, you know, I got part of it too is, you know, I got lucky. I mean, we really are so well matched, you Uh know, um, it's not like we've had these tremendous hurdles to, to overcome. We come from similar families of origin. Um, you know, do I think that people can have successful marriages when they don't have a lot of that? Yes, I do. I just think it probably takes more work. Yeah, it strikes me as being workable, but as you said, more work and you're, yeah, I mean, that seems like a really important topic um, to coach on compatibility. Sure, sure. There are. Right. 
kids and money and you know there's there's in-laws involved uh, yeah. potentially <laughs> yes. there's 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 all these values there's you know you mentioned that you um were from new york mm-hmm. and now you live in texas mm-hmm. that could be a problem i'm just saying <laughs> geographically <laughs> how, did you, how did you end up in texas uh my dad worked for jc penny and so he moved he they got they transferred from manhattan to plano texas Mm -hmm. and i was still finishing college and i was still very much a dependent and so i and i had younger siblings as well as an older sibling but he was um, already he was not making the move but um but yeah so we came down here and we've been down here ever since but i would say that i'm probably still here because as I said earlier, I met my husband here on the very first day. You know, uh, I don't, I, I don't first know. First day? That, yeah, the very first. I, we landed at five p.m. and I had a blind date with Doug at nine thirty. Oh, oh, wow! I didn't know. I don't think I caught that it was the first yeah. day. I know yes. it was first day. Wow! No, 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 no. you did not mess around. Uh, no, I'm telling you, this is a movie. <laughs> Somebody call Hollywood. <laughs> and did you? Um, after the blind date, did you guys stay together the whole time till now? Or was there like a, a breaking up period or like there a... was a brief breaking up period of like two weeks? OK, so not. Yeah. Not so really. not really. Yeah. Yeah. Two yes. Weeks. That's what I'm telling, telling you about, David. I'm... That's. Uh... Wow. Yeah. So so that could be a little bit of an unrealistic goal for my yeah. own children is what I was saying before. You know, it's like it doesn't have to work that way for you in order for it to be successful. My children are looking at us saying, we're going to aim higher. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so are you still friends with the person who set you up? Um, We, yes, Uh, we don't really see them anymore, but we are friendly with them. That's not really a relevant question. I was just curious. (laughs) That's fine. You know, it is, it's a good story. I'm going to, I'm not going to say it isn't. That's great. So um, what else? I don't want, I want you to, what other, should we mention Anything else important? Like, can you tell me? So my, I do have concerns and maybe hear your thoughts on this about social media and um, the internet. It's here to stay. What, you know, yes. there, there's a lot of wonderful things. It allows us to have this conversation, but like mm-hmm. that concerns me as far as like relationship skills. I totally agree with you. I totally agree with you. And, you know, I, have this conversation often with my husband and my mother, both of whom are very against social media and social media is bad. And I understand that parts of parts of it definitely are. And I, like you just said, I also think there's a lot of good out there. And I think I learn a lot from social media and um, or through social media and there's a lot of inspiration out there. Um, But I think for kids today, especially now that they, they don't have the same skills that we had growing up. Um, mm-hmm. Like, I think it's I, th- I think it's especially hard. Like, where just friendships are concerned. Like, yeah. I'm going to think specifically about girls because I I have a little bit more um, experience there. But um, and and teenage girl. I mean, mm-hmm. is there anyone scarier on the planet than a teenage girl? I'm horrified. Right. <laughs> um, but, you know, you see this stuff on social media. I think girls put out there that 
you know, they have all these friends and everybody gets along and big packs of these girls, whether it's a sorority or whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just think a lot of that is flat out false. Uh, Clearly, I mean, a lot of social media is false. I mean, it's curated, so it is false. I I would say almost all of it. Yeah. Yes. Um, But then you have the kid who maybe struggles to, to make friends looking out at what you know yes what looks like it's real and it isn't and they kind of know it's not real but but they yes. think it is and it's so it's so difficult and i you know a couple of um months ago i did this survey of it was totally unscientific it was only about 35 people but and it was boys and girls but it was kind of young adult it was young adult age like from 18 to maybe 26 let's say and a lot of the people came back saying that they had trouble making friends or they were lonely um, or they didn't think they were, they thought that a lot of people didn't like them, that kinds of thing. Um, And that has come up in some of my coaching clients too. Like I just struggle to make friends. And a lot of that obviously is exacerbated by what they see on social media. And the thing that's helped the most, like, like I've had several people being like, okay, I don't know. I I don't know how to make the first, the first overture, you know, because I feel weird and, you know, everybody already has all their friends, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's interesting. You know, um, how do you even make friends? Right. Yeah. And I try to go back to a coaching technique that I'm sure will be familiar with to you, which just, and is sort of common sense, which is just, you know, what, how would you feel? Like change the perspective. What if you were approached by this, right. this other girl who said, hey, you know, I'd kind of like to be friends. What do you say we go for coffee? You know, um, yeah. you know, or, or like, we seem to have a lot in common. I know you from whatever, uh, you know, we've seen each other at class or whatever it is. And most of the times people are like, oh yeah, you know, I said, like, would you think that person was the weirdest person ever? Yeah. And, and would you run away? And most people are like, no, you know, I, that would kind of be, a, that would, I'd give that person a chance. Not, not so creepy. Right, exactly. Um, so I've had people have success with that, like just putting themselves, taking themselves yeah. out of the, oh my gosh, what, you know, they're not going to like me. They're going to think I'm weird. Well, how would you feel if someone said that to you? Wouldn't that make you feel good? Yeah. And I think it actually happens for every, not just young adults. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Yeah. I had a friend who was having trouble um, because she was going down like the Facebook feed and this, some of these people just made her feel horrible about her life. And her therapist said, you know, like get off, stop following these people, that person. Mm -hmm. I also am thinking about another friend who was posting these beautiful photos of him and his wife, you know, doing all these extravagant things. Uh, uh. And after that, I had coffee with him and I said something, you know, oh God, you guys seem like you had such a wonderful time. And that looked amazing. They're like, oh, we were like fighting the whole time. (laughs) It was the worst. Yeah. I think there's there's an SNL or or, or, or a um, Portlandia skit about this where they're posting Instagram and Facebook they're having and it looks amazing. And they get back and their friends say, how amazing it looked but but you know they they they're like hating each other the whole time like the vacation's horrible and they can't get along which which i think is funny but but it's real i i just assume it's all fake which is hard 
hard because yeah. it looks so right real and you want people to be having joy you know even last night the um did you watch the the interview with, with oh, Prince yeah. harry yeah and even you know she was like oh it's nothing like it seems we sort of knew that but she's like it's all fake you know? right right we, i think it's hard to remember that because we live in these digital worlds um and I, well, that goes back to two. I think going back to the very one of the earliest things we said on the conversation was, you know, if you take the time to learn more about yourself, mm -hmm. I think that you almost by default will be more curious about learning about other people, you know, and the more yeah. that you can learn to give yourself grace, the more you are willing to give the other person grace too. And that goes along, that's kind of along the same thing, like, yeah, it's not yeah, all yeah. that it seems good and bad. Well, I'm just, yeah, imagining someone saying like, I'm having, as you're saying, I'm having trouble making friends or I feel like everyone has so many friends and I don't or romantic partnerships or they're living mm -hmm. their best life. And well, right. how do you know that? Instagram and a lot of, you know, you sort of have to unwind mm -hmm. from that. And I, I'm, I'm no, um, you know, I'm, I, I look, I do that myself. I'm like, wow, look at that. You know, right. like, look, those, those people are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to no, too much, but yeah. You know, and this is, this is also probably a topic for a different podcast, but uh, you know, that's, uh, I think the future for that, for these uh -huh. kids, just like we didn't grow up in the, in the, in the same society that our parents and grandparents did, these kids are growing up in a different way and they've got to learn to navigate this. Yeah this field you know like we didn't have to it's not going to go away i've noticed and i don't know if you as far as communication i think texting is this is just my this is my pet peeve this is my thing texting is fine if you're like i'll be there in five minutes or hey you want to get coffee but if you're happen to be a lawyer and people are asking <laughs> like complex legal questions or that's one thing in in uh i've noticed some people will text me and ask if it's okay to call me like hey can i can you talk can you call and why i just rather people why did you just call right like and 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 i've seen like my children and all that the texting and here's the concern is replacing communication one-on-one -on -one conversation and i don't think it's a, I think it's okay in some context, but I'm concerned that like no one wants to talk to anyone anymore. We want to text, which is more efficient sometimes, but I do think there's a loss of a skill and mm -hmm. I'm concerned there's also an avoidance there. I don't want to, I don't want to talk to that person. I'm just going to text them. Well, again, this I, is just all my, my complete <laughs> pet peeves, but I agree. I mean, I agree with you about the skills being lost and as back to the Enneagram as a one, I mean, I cannot stand no punctuation and typos, you mm -hmm. know, like it makes me crazy, but I will say as a parent, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. some of the best conversations I've had, especially with my daughter who, um, uh, -huh. uh, is, uh, uh my chickens are very different and one will, and I just communicate very well with my daughter. Oh, that's nice. We have had some of the, she was willing to open up via text. text. Okay. More, and, and it could be like, 
I was in the den and she was in her room. I mean, it's not like, you know, she was away somewhere and we couldn't, mm -hmm. we couldn't actually speak face to face. I mean, she was able to, mm -hmm. to open up so much more over text. Um, and the other thing so that- you're crushing my biases. I like this. You're saying some people sure. write better and it can be more intimate and vulnerable via text. Absolutely. No, I'm Thank not suggesting that. that that you use your your law clients for that. But 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 the other thing about um, with the parenting part of it or relationship part of it is a lot of times, like if I'm imparting wisdom to her, you know, I want her to be able to go back and read it again. Ah. You know, I mean, I don't want her to be like, I think she said X. When meanwhile, I didn't. I said the exact opposite. We got, we got a paper trail. We got so exactly go back. And, and believe me, it has <laughs> happened. Go back and reread what I said to you, you know, three days ago. Oh, this yeah. Is, this is that. a very thank you for that, because that so, is very helpful, because I'm, yeah. you know, this, I'm going to rename this the old man podcast. <laughs> don't text me. Well, you know, and it goes back to again, you know, it's like. It may not be what we grew up with and what we were comfortable with, but I think that generation is, and we've got to meet them where they are. All of a sudden, this became apparent. Thank life. you for that. Yeah, no, well, it's good. I mean, <laughs> well, it's true. Well, yeah. I mean, you yeah. and I were texting. You're like, hey, what yeah. time? Yeah. Here's, here's a Zoom have, link, which is totally appropriate. Yeah. But sometimes it's like, you know, that's a little much of the. Uh, well, and I agree with you. I mean, you should still be able to have a conversation with somebody. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. But for some, for people that you already have a close bond with, it can be a great way to communicate yeah. about more vulnerable topics. And I love what you said, meet them where they are. Yeah. Yes. Yes. You know, it's a lot of these therapy apps or text. Mm -hmm. and... For sure. Yeah. Well, this is really awesome. Any any final thoughts or words? I want to hear where people can find you, website um, and stuff. And yeah, I have a website. It's melissawrightcoaching.com. I'm also on Instagram at melissawrightcoaching. Um, I'd love Perfect. to interact there. Uh, into Instagram is probably my favorite. Like the gram. Yeah, I do. I do. Um, uh, and that's yeah. I've enjoyed talking to you. I've enjoyed talking to you. Thank you for and any anything else, any recommendations, books, podcasts, um, anything that inspires you. You know, I love. Um, like I said, I love the Enneagram. I think mm -hmm. e even if you just want to do a you know a surface thing, I think it's yeah. always great to learn about yourself and what motivates you and how to use that for growth. And there, and if you can also get your partner or friend to do the same, I mean, it can really help your relationship a ton mm -hmm. um okay. uh that I'm i love a, i'm gonna um, dust it off yes uh not necessarily for relationships but i love if you can find uh, you're familiar with gretchen rubin yeah the four tendencies i think well, i know you, i read the her first with the happiness project back in the yeah, day yeah but yep. she has a thing where you're either an obliger, an upholder, a rebel, or a questioner, and it's all uh -huh. about like how you handle ex, you know, um, expectation and 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 meeting obligations. I think that okay. is a wonderful tool for um, for growth. She's got she's got a podcast still. I think she has a podcast. She used to. Mm -hmm. I, I think mm -hmm. she's still yeah. with her sister. Yeah, uh, cool, she's cool. great to listen to. I love Brene Brown. Um, yeah. Talk about you talked before about vulnerability. I think and being intimate. yeah yeah yeah. I mean, uh, just hard not to like her. Even just watch the Netflix. You don't have to read it. She's on I like that. Netflix. That's mm -hmm. I wasn't couldn't get into her books, but then I saw that special and I really liked it. 
the um the, the Benet Brown Netflix mm -hmm. thing. That was very yeah, good. I, I think yeah. that was the one that was all about vulnerability. And mm -hmm. then there is um for relationships that relationships that aren't going well or didn't go well, mm -hmm. there's a great book called How to Fix a Broken Heart, I think. And it huh. I wish I had known, I wish I had thought about this ahead of time. Um That's okay. Because I can't remember the, we can the Google it. author, but he also had a TED talk and he you talked. You can text me. You text I me then. <laughs> I will. Yeah, I won't call. Okay. Um, but his whole thing is about how the emotion that comes up with a break comes with a breakup is as traumatic as uh -huh. like physical pain on a yes. very deep level. And or, or losing a loved one like mourning. Yeah. Yes. And it, it just is another uh, validation for people that emotions you know, are, you know, it's not, it's not just to be pushed aside yeah, and yeah, food, yeah. you know, I mean, it's, it's, um, yeah. sorry. Um, no so that's another book that I really love. If you are going through that, cool. if that, if that's in your life, that's a lot to work with. Mm -hmm. Thank you very much. You're What's welcome. the weather in Texas? Oh, was beautiful yeah. today. Uh, sunny and 72. Oh my gosh. We're going to get that later in the week. Bring That's a, like forties, yeah. All right, Plano. But, but the, yes, Plano. But then Plano we'll, to Texas. We'll soon be in summer, and then that'll be it'll be summer till like you know late mid to late October. Is, is it like one hundred and ten degrees? Is it like <laughs> unbearable there in the summer? It's unbearable during the like during the middle of the day for sure. You know, like it goes mm -hmm. from now when it's beautiful and you go out at any time to you either get out in the early morning or well after dark. Mm -hmm. I think I'm gonna start a podcast or just talk about the weather. <laughs> What, what's what's going on over here what's what's going to be like next week there you go all right well thank you so much for you, uh David. for coming along it was very helpful and it's such an important topic and uh one that i non-sarcastically look forward to dealing with with mine <laughs> i'm sure we're going to be great <laughs> all right have a good thank day thank you you too you. bye and there you have it. That was my conversation with Melissa Wright, a coach who specializes in young adult relationships for women and maintaining them and creating them a topic that we all could use in our own lives, in our children's lives. I appreciate your time, Melissa. Thank you very much. Please reach out further.coach, F-U-R-T-H-U-R.coach. Leave a five-star review. Thank you very much for listening. It is an honor and a pleasure and have a wonderful day and we'll see you next time.